Welcome to the Nopal Queens podcast. This is your chingona, La Sirena, a licensed clinician and higher education professional. Hola, and I'm La Estrella, and I'm a first-gen financial inclusion and brand marketing leader and badass queen. And here at Nopal Queens, we serve up real conversations about mental health and wellness from the Latinx perspective. Come on in, familia. Están en su casa. Hola, gente. Welcome back to Nopal Queens. So today we have a really uh, great episode. It's called New Year, New Vibes. So we are going to get into what it takes to just become better versions of ourselves. And of course, I'm here with my wonderful co-host, La Estrella. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hola, everybody. So excited to be here in a new year, feeling refreshed, coming back from uh, it kind of felt like a little bit of a, it was, it was going a little downhill at the end of this past year, but yeah. <laughs> I'm excited and I f- and, and feel like hopeful for this new year. I, I'm hoping it's going to be a lot better than the last two. <laughs> uh, exactly. Or I'm just going to combine them both into one. I just feel yeah. like 2020, 2021 is just that one crappy year. Let's just take our time <laughs> back, right? Down. That year didn't, right. 2020 didn't count. <laughs> No, I just keep going forward. I'm like, I don't know. I'm just going to get up every day. (laughs) I don't know what year it is. But I do feel like last year just ended going back into the pandemic. I think it just made everybody feel like, oh, again, right? Isolation, the testing, the worry, the fear, getting boosters. And so it's just a lot. So we want to come into 2022 fresh. We want to put all that. It it is what it is. We're going to put it in our library and we're going to keep going. Um, and so that's what this episode's all about today. And that's the spirit of it is how do we keep going? Um, how do we elevate ourselves? How do we rise above all of this and just keep pursuing who we are? Because we are not our circumstances. There's a lot of circumstances going on around us. Mm-hmm. We are still who we are. How do we connect with that? So um, this, you know, we just continue to be better versions of ourselves and work on ourselves. Um, and what made this podcast I think well this episode today special for me is that I think the pandemic really did make us sit with ourselves and myself I don't know if you all or the listeners we just really had to sit look at even our you were telling me yesterday last day like our demons our traumas facing difficult things um and just how to explore yeah yeah I really think that that's been the the silver lining of the pandemic right like We've had to be in quarantine and isolated for a while and then on lockdown and really couldn't run away from our bullshit, you know, like ourselves, things that we've been needing to face head on, heal from, um, learn from. So I think that was a really good part of the pandemic. And that I, I want to kind of view it that way as we, you know, leave the pandemic in the rear view, hopefully keep moving forward and be like, you know what, this this is a good thing that came out of it, it really kind of opened our eyes to our own stuff so that we can realize like, hey, am I am I doing what I want to do? Am I working at a job that brings me joy? Am I doing something that I'm passionate about? Or am I just kind of settling and flowing like a leaf in the wind, you know, and, and that was a lot of things that I think we had a chance to really explore within ourselves. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So who better to help us with this conversation? Then our wonderful host today that La Estrella and I bring to you, which is Michael Lemus. 
Hi, Michael. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. Yes, wonderful. So Michael Lemus, he, him, his pronouns, is the finder, the founder and the CEO of Reclaiming Your Happiness with Mike, with Lemus. Um, and he's also a um, bisexual Latino life coach, strategic band, strategic brand consultant and speaker. And he's the son of Salvadorian immigrants, and he's a first-generation college graduate and professional. And Michael identifies as a kick-ass, culturally inclusive, magical, and thought-provoking individual. So welcome to the show, Michael. Yay, snap. Thank you so much. Thank snap, you, thank snap. you. Yes, I am so excited to be here. I just love what you all stand for and for just putting out the message because especially during a new year coming from the last two years, um, it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot to just take on, to hold on each and every day. And I think that having that reminder to be able to reset is so powerful. So thank you for having me. Oh yes, of course, we're happy to have you. And we will all reset together today with our listeners. Yes. So I wanted to highlight something that um, came up on Michael's page and you can share our Instagram um, at the end of the session today and then we will also share on our Instagram. But one of the particular videos I saw that was so powerful was um, Michael was talking about releasing the need to have people validate our worth, releasing anxiety, releasing fear, and releasing anything that no longer serves us. Yes. And he's done so much work via social media um, through this pandemic and helping build community. Um, <clears throat> and just there's so much more powerful content. But I wanted to start with that, Michael, and just kind of talk about what led you to this work and what inspires you to do this. Yeah, yeah, gosh, it's such a good question. And I think it's a good opportunity also for me to just do that internal reflection that we're talking about. So for me, as far as why I even started my entire platform, so it's called Reclaiming Your Happiness with Lemus because that's how it started for me. I felt a need to go ahead and just reclaim myself. Um, this was a couple years ago. So this is yeah, at least like three or four years ago. And I was just in a really toxic space. Like I was in a toxic workspace. So that was one. Um, but I was at a point in my life where I was just really struggling with anxiety and depression. And a lot of it was tied to the need for external validation and not understanding where that was coming from. Mm -hmm. And really feeling like, oh my gosh, like, do I need to do this in order to like progress here? Or am I being judged for this? And I didn't ever feel, at least at that point in my life, like I could fully be myself. And when I did attempt to do that, there was there was judgment or I started to question like, oh, maybe I should go ahead and dim my light so that those people feel comfortable because they seem to be like mad at my success or at right. me like pursuing my truth. Mm. And so it took some time for me to be like, wait, like, why? Like, why am I even worried about that? Like, I should be able to go ahead and like live out my life as happy as possible long as I'm not harming anyone, like that's that's what everyone should do is like live out their life and be able to be happy. And I knew then that I was like, okay, in order for me to reclaim my happiness, I need to exit this space. I need to change my life. I need to get like my stuff in order. And that's what the last couple of years have been, especially during the pandemic. It's been a lot of shadow work and facing those inner demons and going to therapy, having conversations about boundaries and you know, with it's and it's a lot of difficult conversations because I've had yes. boundary conversations with like my own parents mm -hmm. and yeah. with my partner and with friends and those aren't easy, but they're necessary for that overall growth. So th what you're referring to with the releasing, it's been a, a releasing a lot of just um, 
old behavioral patterns and releasing anxiety and releasing the fear to like pursue my truth because that's what's been able to like really set me free these past couple of years and I was like you know what that's working I want to continue to do this so let's let's bring that energy in yes yes there's nothing like a new year to like release and shed all of these things that just aren't serving us anymore right it's like a diet like you can't start until january 1st you know it kind of feels that way but it's like it's like we give ourselves permission at the beginning of the year for a fresh start and i really like something that you said michael um that reminded me of this poem that i really really love um our deepest fear and one of the lines um has always really struck stuck with me and it says as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others, you know? And I feel like how you said, you know, like wanting wanting other people's uh, validation and feeling like you need, you know, permission to let mm -hmm. your, your, your light shine and feeling like maybe I can't, maybe I shouldn't, you know, but when we do it's like we come into our own power right and and you're like yes i can shine you can shine we can all shine we allow everybody to shine there's enough sunshine for all of us you know like <laughs> let's do it let's lift each other up let's empower each other let's take off the mask let's try to be our authentic selves with each other and we'll be surprised how when we do that other people kind of like mimic us and, and reflect off of what we're giving off and then they're like oh i I can I can be myself with this person because I can see that they're being authentic with me. So I really love that. Absolutely. Yeah, it very much feels like a ripple effect. Like you start to do mm -hmm. it, someone notices it, they're like, hmm, maybe I should try and it just keeps spreading. Oh, yeah, I love it. And also, I think like knowing where there's um, where there's growth needed too, because I think sometimes when we're in these situations, we don't want to face it sometimes too. It's like, it's oh, hard yeah. to even admit that I'm not okay right now. It's hard to admit yeah. that this is really getting to me um, or toxic work behaviors or people that are um, scared of your success. Cause I think there's some, some truth to that only because we are all um, at the core, really trying to preserve ourselves, right? That's mm -hmm. just a thing. And mm -hmm. so, we so that's that extra work but I think that that's so powerful to start that work because you have to first say that you need to do the work and that's oh, hard yes. <laughs> you know yes. it's like what do you mean I'm perfect no. the first step <laughs> is admitting that there's a problem me. right like yes. right yes. right and then just like you know what I'm not happy or you know I do deserve more and these people are making me feel like I'm limited versus this obligation like oh no I want to make sure everybody feels you know seen and yeah like what you were saying Michael dimming the light I remember I went through something like that in a professional setting but this also intersects with like cultural you know cultural taxation so oh, I yes. held a position where I was one of the only Latinas and really connected with the client base and so they often would come to me over maybe our like non-white non-POC you know um, help positions and in, in this role that I was in and what where the company I think needed to see the cultural taxation instead what they saw was all the studio like all the clients like gravitating to this one person yep. and they were hating on that and I'm like wait a second I'm good okay yes I am 
okay. And that's not a problem, but maybe there's a bigger problem here that you just don't have enough people representing your clients. Yes. Hello. And so just like also standing up for yourself. Cause my first thought was, Oh, I don't want them to, I don't want anyone to feel like, you know, no, just like, no, I got to stop that. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but I almost don't want to do that because it's so much work. So if I see like your work that you do, Michael, like I'm sure there's someone out there too that is just shy or they don't want to start that yet or they know it, but it's just sort of pre-contemplation stage, right? Yeah. Just seeing that. someone do their release work is just so motivating. And I just, because I'm more of a collectivist person by nature yes. and I just feel like, oh my gosh, we are doing some great collective healing when we can all kind of put it out yes. there together. But we first have to all be okay that we're not okay. Yes. Like, so yes. many layers admitting it uh, yeah i think it, that's so powerful and you know i appreciate you brought up the collective experience because you know <laughs> within this like self-development and you know it intersects with spirituality as well i've also come across a lot of people that and it, you know call themselves spiritual healers at times and they only promote like this love and light experience where it's like positive vibes only love, love and light <laughs> yeah and it's just and I, it, it's a big turnoff for me because as I've done a lot of the shadow work, I'm just like, you can't bypass emotions and you can't bypass like a spiritual expansion because the expansion, the ascension, whatever you want to call it, is going to have to include, you know, those, those nasty thoughts and mm -hmm. the behaviors that you maybe want to go ahead and not have anymore. So the, the idea of like, oh, we'll only focus on the positive and like, it's not really realistic, especially if you're someone of a marginalized identity, because maybe some people can get away with that. But it's like, but OK, what identities do you hold that allow you that privilege? Because for a lot of people, they can't afford that, like figuratively, but also materialistically, like you, they can't afford that in the system that we live in. We just don't have um, that privilege. Yeah. Yes. You, yeah, you don't have that. And so I think that that's something that I've been learning about myself but also in this like collective experience, because with the pandemic, I think a lot more people, yes, have awakened to, you know, spirituality and their practices, but some of it has been like this bypassing of emotion. It's like, no, I don't want to talk about those things. Mm -hmm. And it's like, but how can you not? Because you're, we're, we're like whole humans. And so we're, we experience a range of emotions every day. At least I do. Yeah. So a little bit um, of like um, toxic positivity, right? Like I feel yes, like I've been hearing exactly. that term a lot because you're right. Yes. Like, it's all the, the, the light and the dark. It's all part of who we are. Yes. What we yeah. should be trying to do is embracing it all and inviting it in because it's, we're not going to be able to move forward with just the happy stuff and the positive things. Like mm -hmm. it's part of who we are. So embracing that, those, that dark past or the trauma or whatever, and understanding that it happened and you're safe now and we're trying to heal and we're trying to move forward but you'll know that that's always going to be a part of you like accepting that is a huge part of it for sure mm -hmm. love it mm -hmm. yeah especially when we start to realize that certain messages were actually toxic scripts and not real and yes. we either were subject to them or we internalize them in ourselves so when did you all like what messages have you heard in your life that you think maybe also just contributed to those, like, I love what you were saying last day, these light and these dark sides of us. And I think the dark toxic traits that we may all have are really behaviors because of something, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we're responding, we're reacting to something. And oftentimes, if you do that deep work, it's a message that's been held over you that you're not meeting. But anyway, so what kind of messages have you all heard in your life that that affected you that you needed to like learn how to rise above it 
I think one that just comes to mind right now because I it, the holidays just passed is especially you know growing up in a Latino household, yeah. being told and not necessarily by my parents but just like extended family that's like you should always be around your family no matter how they act mm-hmm. it's because they're blood mm-hmm. and that's something that you know as a I think in my late teens I started to really question that because I'm just like why like if there's all this drama or people talking behind each other's back Mm or you know all these behaviors that it's just like okay that seems kind of off why like why is that an expectation Mm -hmm. and I started to have those conversations with my parents and at one point I'm just like I just don't want to go over that person's place and and and, and that that was difficult too right and you know thankfully my parents have been more open-minded about those things but I know that's very prevalent like in in our culture and a variety of different cultures mm-hmm. it's like that expectation it's like well they're blood so you have to be respectful you have to show up and pues especially this past holiday, uh-huh, yeah 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 especially this past holiday season I was just like nope and if people are are saying like oh well what happened to Michael haven't heard from him in a while it's like you know this is a two-way street like I don't have yeah. to be the one who's reaching out simply because I'm the youngest in this relationship or whatever that may be it's like communication is a two-way street and also I don't have to succumb to this belief that I need to whether it's family or anyone else for that matter and I think that's what's been freeing is that I don't have to be in communication or have a relationship with someone where I don't feel good while being in it and yes. that's easier said than done I'll fully say that just mm-hmm. but I think that that's been something that I have seen with a lot of people that I know it's like they've been told well you should still be around you should always still show your support and all this stuff it's like but if you're showing people that they don't learn how to develop boundaries or it's confusing because it's like well you have boundaries with these people but then with your family you're not allowed to so mm-hmm. it's a confusing pattern um, yeah. but that's been a big one for me lately yeah that's a really that's a really good one um, I definitely have yeah. experienced that you know being coming from a Mexican family um, for me though I would say the message that I or one of the messages that I received not directly from my mom when I was growing up May she rest in peace. I still love her, of course. She she had her flaws, yes. but I feel like she had this expectation because I have an older sister. She's much older than me. She's like six years older than me. Um, so obviously she was out of the house sooner. She got pregnant, um, got married, moved away, started a family. You know, she was always a really good cook because she was the oldest, so she would help my mom cook and stuff. And I was the one that decided to go to college and move away and do my own thing and completely different from from my siblings and I remember you know being at family events and my mom speaking about my sister with so much pride right like oh it's it's todo una mujer you know like you know she's a wife a good wife and a good mom and she's is a good cook and she takes care of her home and I remember thinking like at at the time obviously I was in my early 20s and I, I was like mom like I'm right here like I'm going to college I'm the first in our family to go to college like I'm doing this all on my own I don't know what I'm doing you know I'm trying to pave a path but I know she was proud but you know the way she was raised it's like this is what a woman is a Mexican woman a good Mexican woman takes Mm -hmm. care of her home has children takes care of her husband you know all the all the things and even though I'm doing that now like I'm now married I have kids me and my husband help to take care of our home, but we, you know, we do it in a partnership as a partnership because we both work. But I remember for a long time feeling like, man, I wonder if if my parents are proud of me because 
I kind of felt like, mm. you know, I'm the first to go to college and I'm the first to graduate and I'm the first to um, go to grad school and receive my master's degree, you know, and, and I just, yeah. I thought, you know, and I, just from the patterns of like my family and being around family that that's, that that was the message, right? And even if it wasn't directly spoken, but I'm glad that I really had a great moment with my mom before she passed. And I asked her like, mom, are you proud of me? She was like, of course, of course, I'm proud of you. I am so proud of you for everything you've done. You've done everything that I wish I could have done, you know, and, and it made me feel mm -hmm. really great. And I didn't realize that I wanted that validation from her for so long, you know, and it was nice to have yeah. it. But I also realized, like, I didn't need it all those years because I still kept going, you know. So in a sense, like, I received yeah. the message, but I didn't let it, like, internalize and stop me from doing what I wanted to do, which is pursue my education. That's awesome. That's amazing. It's like beautiful that our, our families, like, you know, coming from Latino families, a lot of cultural preservation goes on, right, with our elders. Mm -hmm. And that's like, to them, that's beautiful. And then we have like white mainstream society who's like, a college degree is beautiful. <laughs> going out on your own. Yes. So you're like, oh my gosh, who do I like serve and it gets so stressful that you have to actually break and realize I have to serve myself and whatever that okay. means I just because mm -hmm. you're damned if you do down if you don't <laughs> right to try to because what we all do I think uh, well the three of us here I'm guessing is we, we do straddle like two worlds right oh, yeah. we're we're part of both um and so you know this mainstream world and then our our cultural identity I sometimes do clash in those ways like I don't go home and talk about my career or college or leadership academies or things like that. My family's like, okay, like, but did you hear about so-and-so or did you see that new thing? Or, oh, did you know we're going to have a party? You know, they just want to, they just, their priorities are different. And then I go into this mainstream world where it's very capitalist yes. and it, how you make money and how you look mm -hmm. and all that's important. So I'm straddling Success. these two worlds, yeah. just trying to make it. And at some point I'm like, Okay, I just got to do me. <laughs> but I know one message I've always had, I, because my family on my dad's side, we got big booty, big hips. And we definitely are beautiful and at the very same time completely defy and, and offend, I'm even sure, uh, commercial beauty standards. Mm. And growing up, I definitely had that. And there's a point where you kind of, it's like respectability politics. Like mm -hmm. you play it, you, but it's like a game you're actually not going to win. <laughs> so, you know, it's like no matter what, you do if you're still not meeting commercial beauty standards you know white thin all that and me growing up in san diego for some part of my life it was really hard you kind of felt like there was this perfect version of you that you were not there yet yeah they were just like oh yeah i'm not there yet i'm not there yet and i really wish when i was younger i would have just accepted myself where i was instead of mm -hmm. constantly saying like oh i'm not there yet oh i'll be i'll be happy when i get to this look or this certain type and or if I just that work kind of hard thing. enough, I'll get yeah, there. Yeah, and like work out yes. and starve myself and all that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Or just uh, makeup. I don't know. Just like commercial beauty standards versus like what I just really wanted, you know? Um, so yeah. I think I really struggled with those messages until I decided I wasn't going to anymore. Because what happened is I would see people of all sizes, of all beauty, of all, you know, hairstyles, skin colors, all that struggle and succeed mm -hmm. i'm like what the fuck <laughs> okay okay no joke i'm just gonna say this <laughs> when who was it tiger woods 
I'm mm-hmm. just, I like I don't know if I've ever said this this publicly before. <laughs> when Tiger Woods cheated on his wife, dude, something clicked in my head. I was like, fuck all this. Like I'm never gonna have pressure on myself again because if she got cheated on and she's the epitome right. of American of like, beauty. Yes, beauty standards. You know what? Yeah. Let's just let it go. Something about that shifted me. I was like, I was young. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not worrying anymore about myself. I'm just not going to do it because you could look like that and still get cheated on. So what the hell are we all stressing about? And I literally mm-hmm. let it go. Yes. After that, I've just leaned in, accepted my body, accepted who I was and just pursued everything I wanted to pursue. And I didn't wait anymore. And I just decided not to wait. And I knew people probably have judgments. People probably still say things to themselves, but that's none of my business. That's none of my business. If my doors are opening, I'm going to go through those doors. Yes. And so far, doors have opened. And I'm going through them with my big booty and everything. Yes. So <laughs> I just knocked feel those like... doors open with that booty, girl. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it will hit my ass. But, you know, it's just like you do have to just sometimes face these parts where you breaks right or see the cracks in it yeah. just so you can get through and just be like you know what there's the light right there and the cracks let me see the light and it just let me like keep going so that's kind of when I realized I no longer needed to accept my scripts that mm-hmm. were keeping me down and then there's all these things about gender expression I don't know yes. how you all feel but there's just so much there um, and I think a lot of our listeners also go through this like we have this heteronormative world where we think mm-hmm. right binary mm-hmm. so I don't know what do y'all what has been your experience with that? Well, for me, I feel like growing up, it wasn't something that we talked about, right? Like in the yeah. 90s and early 2000s, like, you know, people were barely trying to understand uh, the gay community, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it was like unspoken. There was no information. So we didn't know. And I, what I really love about where we're at now as a society is we're really um, a lot more open. I mean, some of us, obviously, but <laughs> we're a lot more open about accepting people for who they are and how they want to identify. And I do see, you know, certain organizations and stuff and companies making the effort to be more inclusive. And even like LinkedIn, like recently where I, I was updating my LinkedIn and I wanted to, you know, I was looking for a job and I love that they added, and I know Instagram did this recently too, like your pronouns. And at work also, like we have, we um, use Slack a lot and people, you know, it's up to you if you want to put your pronouns on there too. And I put it on there. I like putting it on my signatures and stuff because I'm like, I want people to feel like like I'm inclusive and I'm being inclusive and I accept them for who they are. And this is where I'm at, you know, and I'm just, I want to focus on the fact that we've come a really long way, even though we still have a long way to go as a society. I love Mm -hmm. that at least some big companies are really at least trying to embrace everyone as however they identify and however they want to be called, you know, by their pronouns. And I think that's really great that we're here where we're at now. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, I would echo all of that. And I think it's it's interesting because, you know, I recently came out like later in life, actually, as bisexual, I was 27, I think I'm 30 now. Um, and it's just been interesting just experiencing dating because for the longest time I was with women. And so that was a very different experience that comes with its own privileges of living in this heteronormative society. And then now being with a man, I mean, the, the first like six months, especially, I was so uncomfortable because... I'm like, well, I'm happy in this experience and it falls within like how I identify, but the experience of being out in the public is just so different. 
and you can just see people just trying to piece together like are they friends are they together what's going on and like this need to go ahead and come up with the like what is going on instead of just letting people live Mm -hmm. it's gotten much better thankfully but and especially with just I think mainstream media has caught up for the most part. Um, not all, but I would say a lot of people are just much more open to letting people live, be themselves. Um, and I've seen a lot of that, especially like in the music industry. And there's a lot of people that are catching up to these terms and the d- different things that we're really like utilizing as far as just our own verbiage that we use. But, you know, I also didn't come across any of this until I was in grad school. And that's when I first started to learn about the different terms that are used mm-hmm. and pronouns things like that. I make an effort now in a lot of the spaces, even if it's not a space that would typically have those conversations to have those conversations. Um, but I am I am excited about the progress, but it's definitely something that just, you know, even on a personal level for me, I'm like, wow, it's such a huge difference. The, the experience, like the privileges that are afforded to, you know, different types of relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I think that's another reason why it's also been so important for me to show up loudly in my identity. Yes. Um, and to, you know, pleasantly also just be surprised by how positive that experience has been and to meet other people that identify the way that I do and that I understand like what comes with that has been powerful. And I think that that just allows for that community building to happen. And going back to what we've been talking about in terms of just showing your light, that will allow, I hope, other people to also be like, okay well he's doing that and Mm -hmm. i can do that too and that that makes me happy like that's at the end of the day i'm like okay well if i can do that then and have that sort of impact even if it's just with one person then that's a beautiful experience because that's allowing at least that one person to feel comfortable enough to even you know experiment in that area maybe they Mm -hmm. don't like fully come out or something but at least to just see that representation i'm like okay I'm doing something right. <laughs> yeah. You know, I see you reclaiming your narrative through your yes. post. You reclaim your narrative and I'm like, snap, snap. I'm going to go out and reclaim mine today too. Yeah. Thanks, Michael. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for the inspiration. I, I, I really love TikTok for this reason because I feel like yeah. people are really being who they are for the most part. I've, I've, I feel like they're the, they're authentic, you know, and like, and they're just making these videos and I feel like people are connecting with that, you know? And yeah. I'm like, yes, if, if they can do it and put themselves in front of this huge platform, you know, this big audience on TikTok, why can't I do it here? Maybe just with my family or whatnot, you know? And I, I'm a heterosexual woman, but I have two, two little boys and I love that there's a lot more books now that talk about, yeah. um, you know, sexual identity and like, everything that we're talking about, you know, um, and, and including like racism and how to talk to children about it and how to talk to children about sexuality and what that means. Like, I wish it was part of the curriculum, you know, in schools, yes. but totally I just love yes. that there's more books that at least at home, we can, we can talk to our kids about that, our sons about that. Cause I don't know how they're going to identify yet, you know, and I want them to feel like they have a safe space yeah. to be who they're going to be. Absolutely. Beautiful. And especially in Latino culture, when this is still very much a taboo topic, People don't know how to talk about it. But you think about it, like if we all really want to elevate our cultura, we really need to be honoring everyone that shows up as they do. Yes. So if you have non-binary or gender fluid family members, support them, validate them, affirm them. I promise you will feel better. They feel amazing. And imagine how much mental health crises we can avoid in our families. Mm -hmm. 
when mm-hmm. our family members feel accepted, when they don't feel like they have to uh, explain themselves, yes. when men are more in touch with their feminine side naturally, and that's okay. Because I think that's this machisto cult- machismo culture we hold, it also holds down our males. Like, I feel for our males Absolutely. in this culture. And I'm like, no, you can be whoever you are. Just and, and if you are more in touch with the feminine, softer side of yourself, that's who you are. And you bring Absolutely. a lot of great assets to this family for that and balance, right? So I think um, that's some part of me leveling up in my for myself is leveling up for my family. And part of that is being an inclusive yeah. family member, affirming. And I, through this journey, I've actually really slowed down and got to know some of my family members. But, you know, outside of when you just meet with them for like parties and events and get togethers, mm-hmm. but it's like, what's actually going on in your life? And yeah. I've uncovered so much that my cousins are going through or you know, other family members that are real life experiences that I'm like, are you getting help for that? Have you talked to someone about yeah. that? And they're like, no, you know, just get through it, pray. You know, this and I'm like, oh my gosh. So now I know how to support you because I actually sat down with you. And in that, I feel like I'm leveling up as a family member. Yes. Because yeah. like, I'm a collective person. So like I'm leveling up myself, but I'm leveling up as a family member too. And I just yeah. feel so much better, so much wiser that I see my family in these different like aspects instead of just assuming right? This heteronormative world and all that. So it's yes. been really beautiful to do some of that work with my family members that I, I needed to do anyways. So, and just, and affirming them. And one of my cousins in particular struggles, but recently we've really gotten to talk and bond over that. And just even that alone, she's like, wow, this has been powerful for me and my mental health. Just to have somebody know what I'm going through, reach out and just say, it's okay rather than just like pray it away and I'll see you at the next event and we'll take shots, you know? Yes. (laughs) You're giving them that permission, I think. And that's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. This is beautiful. And it helps me feel like I'm leveling up in that way because I I feel like that's an important one. But what else, like, what does it look like for you all to even just level up? Yeah. What's that been like? That's dramatically changed for me, uh, (laughs) like a lot, Um, especially through the pandemic, but a little bit before that too. Because my version of leveling up was like, okay, you need to reach this milestone by this year, mm-hmm. by this time in your life. And that was yeah. pretty much from like the, since I was a kid through probably about 25, that was my life. And so that came with its pluses in terms of like, okay, I reached milestones really early on in my career, in my education, but it also definitely came with some cost uh, because I was someone that like, at, like one, I was which is a great thing, but since I was like five, I can remember it's like, you're gonna go to college, you're gonna go, that's gonna be your option, that's gonna be your thing, that's yeah. gonna liberate the family, all those things, right? And it's like, that's great, and I love that, and I love <laughs> that that's part of our culture, Yeah. but the realities of what that all means is also a whole nother story, right? And so for me, you know, okay, I knew that, so I went to college, finished in the four years, and I was like, okay, well, I, I guess I gotta do the next thing. And so I went to grad school, and I kid you not, like I graduated college, I think it was on a Sunday, I went to an event, like, I think the that same day, um, out of town, came back, I think it was like two days later, started my graduate internship, started grad school, like the week or two after that. And then right after grad school, two weeks later, moved to Northern California to start like my first full-time job outside of, you know, the grad oh, school. Wow. No breaks. And it just <laughs> go, 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 go. And then when I started my full-time professional career, it was the same thing. It was like, okay, well, I don't have school anymore, so I have to like pack up whatever my schedule looks like. So it's like 
what committee are you going to chair? What conference are you going to go submit a proposal to? All of those things just kept going and going. And eventually I just hit that breaking point where I was just so exhausted, so anxious, but I wasn't aware of my emotions or even what anxiety felt like in my body at the time. So for me, I was like, oh, this is a sign of weakness. Like, mm -hmm. how are you not able to keep up if you've been able to keep up this whole time? Um, but it's like, hey, <laughs> I really needed to slow down. So success used to look like, you know, the titles and the degrees and all those things, which I still hold value in. But I don't let that to I don't let those things determine my like intrinsic value anymore. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. my value to me is like, am I happy in my life? Do I feel fulfilled by what I am doing? Because if I feel fulfilled, and if I feel happy, all of those other things will naturally come into place because the universe is like, he is focusing on himself. He is going about mm -hmm. like his life in the way that he is meant to go about his life. And the things that are meant to be will will pop up, they'll, you know, present themselves as opportunities. That's the difference now where I'm just like, and it's so much more freeing. And that's not to say that I still don't have like anxious thoughts or, you know, don't have bad days. But yeah, it's, it's much more of like a, a lifestyle change. And it's been freeing in the sense that I don't feel like I have to reach certain milestones by certain times, because especially mm -hmm. this day and age, Honestly, these days, when it comes to living through the pandemic, I'm like, I am trying my best, but I also just want to be as present as possible and just live each day. And that that idea that you need to be even through the pandemic, like starting up a business yes. or pursuing this, this and this, it's like, where does that come from? And at what point does it like catch up to us? Because... I used to be that and it does catch up. And for me, it was like that breaking point in like my mental health where I'm like, okay, this isn't sustainable. <laughs> no, and that's why you have to slow down. I think that's a really great point, Michael. I, I do mm -hmm. remember at the beginning of the pandemic when we thought, you know, it was only going to be three weeks long or whatever. Yeah. Um, oh my goodness. And people yeah. are like, well, you know, I was seeing things on, on Instagram and, and, and it's like, if you haven't learned how to make sourdough or you haven't learned a new language yeah. or you haven't started a business during this time that we're all home, not doing anything kind of thing. And I'm kind of like, what's wrong with just being in the moment and just sitting and like not being mm -hmm. productive because there's also a lot of value in that too, because we're getting to reflect and really understand what it is that is going to make us happy in life, right? Outside of the degrees and the, the titles and, and all of that good stuff. Like, that's what I realized in this past pandemic. Like it hit me really hard because I had just had my baby. He was born, my youngest was born uh, in May of 2020. Um, and it was hard, you know, because we were isolated. It was just, we were just home, me, my husband and my two kids. And I had a little toddler and he, you know, was, he was having a hard time with the baby and we're going mm -hmm. through this pandemic and it's like, what's going to happen. There's so much unknown and, you know, like, uh, it, it was just a really scary time, I think, for me. But mm -hmm. I, I feel like I had a chance to really dig deep and be like, okay, like I'm going to take this as an opportunity to like face my demons and then really try to heal my trauma mm -hmm. and see what I really want to do, right? Where do I want to yeah. go from here? Because I ended up, um, one of my best friends entered me into a, a contest on Instagram for a career coach because I lost my job. I got laid off at the uh, earlier this year. Mm -hmm. And she was like, Oh, I think this will be a really great opportunity. But I was kind of struggling a lot. I was, you know, depressed and struggling with anxiety and like with my kids just feeling overwhelmed as a mom. And I got excited about meeting with this career coach. And then I met with her and she's like, 
So, you know, like, tell me a little bit about yourself. Oh, that, that's what she had told me. I think I was talking to you about this last night, uh, uh, Sirena. Mm -hmm. And um, I just broke down. I completely broke down and she was a, a licensed therapist. So she was actually like, okay, like, let's explore this. Like, why, why did that trigger you? Like, why? And so she was like, why don't you take some time to just sit with yourself, figure out what it is that you want and, and try to heal and, and, um, you know, meditate, practice some gratitude journal, and then think about your career, like focus on yourself first. And then you can figure out what you want to do because if you're in this headspace, you're not going to make a good choice. You're going to end up you're going to end up somewhere and settling somewhere because you're scared or desperate or like I don't want to you know end up you know running out of unemployment yeah. and then I have no job still you know. So for me, I was like, man, that that was really really great advice and I really had a a good experience just sitting with myself and my thoughts and like my demons, you know, kept me really good okay. company and. Just try to figure out what it is that I wanted to do next. What's going to be my next move? Not necessarily career related, but like what's going to yeah. make me happy. Yes. Yeah. And joining, joining this podcast kind of, kind of happened, you know, I think like without even trying or realizing it. And I was like, I had been thinking, oh, I want to start a podcast. So we went to lunch, uh, me and, and Sirena and, um, we started talking and she said she was looking for a new co-host and I was like oh my god I've been wanting to start a, a podcast like why don't I join you like I'd love to join you on an episode and see where that goes and you know I just feel like it was the universe's way to 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 guide me into something that I already wanted to do after I kind of put my guard down and try to be more open about mm -hmm. accepting you know whatever was going to come my way and acknowledging that what belongs to me is already mine and I don't have to compete with other people for the yes. things that are going to bring me joy. Like we all can have our joy and eat it too. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's awesome. And I think one of the things that you, that I'm hearing too, is just the, the role that like emotional intelligence plays. Yeah. Like Michael, oh you said you had to name your emotion before you could even do the work. And how yeah. many times do we all get the opportunity to name our emotions? And I don't know that we get a lot of those opportunities. So journaling is a really great way or video, something where you're putting your thoughts down and then the next day you go back and look at them, right? If, you, if you're really just starting new, it might just be something like you're looking at what you're writing down and then mm -hmm. you're kind of seeing what's coming mm -hmm. up. The, the other way is just to label emotions as it, like kind of look, make imagine you're on a balcony and you're looking down at yourself in the situation you're in. And you're just sort of like, what does for me, like, what does she feel right now? Like what, why, and like, what's coming up for you right now? And what is something that maybe is not addressed yet that's coming up right now too? Like this must have opened the spigot, right? So just kind of doing some self-reflection, like why is this bothering me? And I think sometimes we get scared to go there with ourselves and we just want to push yeah. it away and think happy yep. thoughts, think happy thoughts, yep. right? Uh, but I think part of like leveling up is that emotional intelligence and a big part of emotional intelligence is actually being able to name your emotions, bad and good, or I wouldn't even say bad and good, just the difficult ones yes. and the pleasant ones. Um, and then not only naming them, but doing something with them. So being able to like regulate yourself. Like for me, I know it really, you know, emotions happen in waves. We don't mm -hmm. actually maintain the same emotion all day. 
I, I'll say you you need to feel at least five to seven different emotions in your day or you're not alive. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so just knowing how to name them as they come up, being aware of them and then accepting them, not pushing them away, I think is yeah. a big um, way that someone can start their journey to just become a better person. Because once you start to name those difficult ones, then you can kind of face that truth that's been bugging you. And I think mm-hmm. that's what the hard part is, is a lot of us know what we need to do. Yes. It's hard yeah. to do it because the truth is so inconvenient. Like if I do this, I'm going to have to give up this relationship. Or I'm going to have to stop that or like work. Like you were saying, Michael, mm-hmm. I found out this place I worked at, which I loved at first, I'm sure is like, yeah. that is yeah. toxic and I need to leave. And yep. that process for anyone can take a long time because the reality of the solution is so, ooh, like, am I ready for that? Yes. But we have to trust ourselves through the transition that we are going to get through the other side of that. Uh, and getting out so of our comfort powerful. zone. Yeah. And I think, you know, and I'm, I'm really spiritual. And so when I think of abundance, especially, you know, because a lot of people think like abundance, like all oh, material wealth, mm-hmm. like you're bringing in money and all those things. And that's part of it. But I like to see abundance as just like a, a, a form of energy that includes like opportunities in your relationships and just like aligning with the right things that are meant for you. And I think in those difficult decisions, like, for example, leaving a toxic workspace or a relationship or whatever that may be, it's difficult, obviously, going through it and then probably even after it. But what it's allowing and this is just what I believe just spiritually is that you're telling the universe that you're ready for a shift. And mm-hmm. that's when the universe can also then understand and provide for you and be like, okay, you've done the work. Now I can provide you with these things. Because yes. if I provide these, you with these things and you still have the mindset that you do, then you may completely miss it. Like you, that's how we miss opportunities. Yeah. That's how we, like, yeah. we're not even aware of like, oh my gosh, there's this thing right in front of me, but I'm so preoccupied with like trying to stay in this place or in this relationship that I'm like completely missing all the signs. Um, and when I left that place, just like spiritually, I started going through just so many transformations. And I don't know if any of you ever see like triple numbers when you look at your phone mm-hmm. or like on the yeah. screen. I start to see tons of them. I'm like, oh, something's wow. happening. That's a um, yeah, and it's a sign. But I, I was completely missing all of those things when I was just so preoccupied with like, and for me, it was because I'm like, oh, well, I had I'd got to this point so early on in my career. It's like, you can't just leave this. And it's like, you worked so hard to get here. But it's like, but for what? Because mm-hmm. I wasn't happy. So it, mm-hmm. it was the, and now I feel like I'm just in a, in a much better place, you know, personally, professionally, but it's because I've sat with my emotions, continue to do so. It's not easy, but it is, there is something freeing of just even being able to be like, oh, okay, you may be experiencing anxiety right now, or, hey, that may be the onset of a panic attack. Like what's going on? Mm-hmm. Like even recognizing what that can look like or what you could possibly be going through. I love that you mentioned like the, just the regulating. Cause oftentimes I think, yeah, we out of comfort are like, just push it away. Mm-hmm. Or I'm just going to go binge watch like all these TV shows. So I don't think about my emotions or I'm going to go eat my cheesecake and all those things are still fine in my opinion. But it's, it's <laughs> like at some point we do have to face our emotions. Yes, But not <laughs> as coping mechanisms, face. right? Like yes. just yes. doing them to bring yeah. you joy. But I, See, Dana, we were talking about this yesterday, how like Mm -hmm. we don't realize how powerful we are, right? Like coming into Mm -hmm. our own power. And Michael, I think what you're talking about is just that, like you came into your own power and realized like, I can control my narrative. No one's going to control that for me. I can control 
and manage my own emotions. I don't have to let them control me kind of sitting mm. with them, allowing them like we we're talking about just like flowing through you and then out of you. Right. Right. Yeah. You had said it last three. It just feels 2022 feels like a fresh start to do things differently and realize that we have the power to do it. Love it. And I love it. Yes. So as we wrap up our episode today, um, I just want to thank you both for what you're having to say. And I love these conversations that they're coming from the Latinx community. Like mm. we get to have our own, you know, take on leveling up yeah. and what it means to be our best versions of ourselves. And it's not what mainstream has told us. It is what we truly have found. Mm -hmm. And we've actually gone down those roads and played the game. And that's how we truly know that it's not that yeah. because we yeah. actually went in and did all the things we were t told to do. And we realized that it truly wasn't the whole time was what we, we have inside of us. And, yeah. and, um, so any last thoughts for our listeners about what they can do um, as they're on their journey of just getting to a fresh start and being a better versions of their self this year? I would say, you know, it, I think one phrase comes to mind is just invest in yourself. Um, it, it doesn't have to be necessarily like, you know, a, a full on course or, you know, a service or anything. If that is it, then great. But I think just investing in yourself, whether it's reading a book, taking walks. Mm -hmm. um, for me, it's been like just planting, you know, plant potting, all those things and just like working with nature. That's been something that's been really calming for me. Um, but just figuring that out, even figuring it out, not even necessarily like, okay, I'm going to have a full on game plan. If so, great. But just figuring out like what makes me happy? How does investing in myself look like? Because a lot of people, unfortunately, especially, you know, I'm glad you brought up, you know, the Latinx community is like, how often do we even get a chance to ask ourselves? And how often have we had anyone model that? Because mm -hmm. I know in our family, like, it's just, it's work hard, work hard, work hard, hustle, hustle, hustle. And I think I, you know, just generationally, generationally speaking, I'm the first to even start to have those thoughts. And now I get to share it with my parents and like, be like, hey, what is just like being happy look like? And if you don't have to like work, yeah. what does that look like? Um, and how does, how does relaxing play a role? And so that I think is, you can do a lot of even just generational healing in that way. And then hopefully, you know, generations after us don't have to go through all these struggles that we've gone through. So, yeah, I would just say invest in yourself. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, Michael. For me, I would say don't be afraid of your own power, right? Like we have the power to create the life that we want. Nobody else mm -hmm. can do that for us. The only thing that we can control is our own thoughts, the things we say, you know, how we react to people or how we choose to react to people. And you know, don't be afraid to face those demons and heal and actually do the work to heal. It's very easy to say like, okay, I'm aware of this and I'm aware of that. And I grew up with an alcoholic father and he triggers me in certain ways, you know, but it's like, but the work is actually very difficult and it can even be painful. I feel like for me, it can even feel like physically painful to like not mm -hmm. react in the ways that I normally do because it takes intention, right? To like stop, pause, and respond differently. So mm. just don't be afraid of your own power. We we have the power to just do whatever it is that we want. Invest in yourself. Yes, Michael, thank you so much for sharing that. Follow Michael on Instagram as well. Don't forget to share your handle. Um, and, you know, read things that are going to bring you joy, that are going to fill you up and allow you to be grateful for the things that you have right now in this moment. Let's be grateful for this moment because... We've prayed for it, right? And we want to keep yeah. 
I think we talked a little bit about this yesterday, Sirena, where we want to keep like, what's next? Like, I, I feel like I'm in this great place of growth, but what's my next um, uh, level of growth, right? But let's just sit in this moment. Let's enjoy where we are now and let's relish in it because it's a it's a great accomplishment for us, especially being for us, uh, Michael, we're first gen uh, Latinos, you know, so it's, it's very hard, but we get to be we get to be the ones to be the first and show our families and, and, and our community that it's possible. Absolutely. That's amazing. And lastly, Michael, can you share your Instagram handle and then how someone would get up set up with your services? Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. So okay. I'm at Arise with Lemus um, on most platforms. So I'm really easy to find. I, I joke around, but I really am easy to find. So if you <laughs> Google my name, you'll come across the, the platforms that I have. But if you're looking to engage with me on social media, I'm at Arise with Lemus. And then I have my little link tree in the bio. So if you're wanting to go ahead and whether it's just investing in services or I also have a platform called Scholars of Color where it's all about just amplifying a variety of different people that, you know, identify as Scholars of Color, but also represent different industries. And so for me, you know, even beyond being a coach and a consultant and a speaker, I love doing that and I love providing those services, but I think it goes beyond, especially living in like a capitalistic society, it goes beyond just making money. For me, it's like, how do we amplify community? And for me, anything that I do put out there, even through services that bring in money, it's about helping people to feel worthy and to expand upon their awareness and that power that they should be reclaiming. And so I have a variety of different ways to engage even outside of services, but I'm happy to go ahead and talk, DM me, comment, follow, um, and I'm happy to engage. Awesome. Thank you so much. And listeners, thanks so much for joining us today. Go out there. Let your light shine this year.